0: These Old Testament examples show us how perfect God is in his arrangements and how limited we as humans are in what we would plan and how we, God has planned things that we would never have dreamed of which will benefit us. The example today is in Exodus 14. God is leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. He leads them by a pillar of a cloud that's over the tabernacle. And when that cloud moves, they are to move. And then at night, there's a pillar of fire over the tabernacle, which allows them to see this pillar of fire. So if God wants to move them at night, the pillar of fire over the tabernacle begins to move, And that tells all of them to move and where to go. And keeping in mind, there are 600,000 men plus women and children in this journey. God set everything up perfectly for the deliverance of the children of Israel from Egypt. And God is going to lead them to the exact place where their back is to the Red Sea. And then Pharaoh starts chasing them with his 600 chariots. And there's nowhere for them to go to escape. Their back is to the Red Sea. Pharaoh is coming toward them from all around. There is no escape for them. God makes a way to escape. New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that. Ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Everything written in the Old Testament is written for our admonition. Paul says that in uh, chapter 10 of 1st Corinthians. Now all these things happen to them for examples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. So all of these Old Testament passages show us things that we can avoid, show us how to follow God, give us faith in the way God is leading us today. I'm very excited about getting to do this work with the Old Testament. They have started out of Egypt. Exodus fourteen one, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Hara." between Migdal and the sea over against baal Safon, before it ye shall encamp by the sea. God gave them specific orders as to exactly where to go. And then God said to Moses, For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel they are entangled in the land. The wilderness hath shut them in, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, says God, that he shall follow after them, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And the people did what God told them to do. Exodus 14 verse 5 And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people, and they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot, and he took his people with him. And he took six hundred chosen chariots, and all the chariots of Egypt, and the captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh king of Egypt and he pursued after the children of Israel and the children of Israel went out with an high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping camping by the sea. God is going to kill Pharaoh and his entire army and he's going to use the Red Sea to deliver his people and destroy the enemy. Exodus 14 verse 10 When Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out, unto the Lord and they said to Moses because there were no graves in Egypt hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt this is called murmuring you're going to hear this word used over and over where they murmur against Moses and Aaron It means complain. It's sort of a a soft murmuring would be a constant complaining under their breath. Oh, why did he do this? Look where we are now. Verse 12. Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? They're saying that to Moses. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. See what a good example this is? Learn to stop murmuring. God has it all worked out. You can't see it, I can't see it, but God knows exactly what's going to happen. And he is planning good for us, not evil, for we are his children. Verse 13, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, you will see them again no more forever. Verse 14, Moses says to the people, The Lord will, Shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. The children of Israel had just witnessed the great wonders of God, where God destroyed all the firstborn of the Egyptians to get them free from Egypt. For us in the New Testament church today, we should think on some of the things God has done for us in the past. So our faith in God is established, settled, and even increased as we go through the trials of this life and as we overcome through God and endure in this life. We have to keep our eyes on what God has done in our lives, each one of us. We must think on that frequently to be able to endure the future. God has led me faithfully since I was born again in 1975 and even before I was born again. As I think of the things God has done with me, I am greatly helped, and I know no one but God could do those things for me that have been done for me. Exodus 14, verse 15 And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward, which would be through the Red Sea. But lift up thou thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow after them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh, and upon all his host, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, and upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. Exodus 14, started verse 19. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Here are more than a million Israelites. And Pharaoh and his 600 chariots are behind them. And their back is to the Red Sea. The angel of God has been before them, going before them. But now he moves and goes behind the camp. And it is a cloud Of darkness to the Egyptians, but it gave light by night to the children of Israel, so that the one came not near the other all the night. Even during the night, God protected his people and made provision for them to have light and caused the enemy to have darkness so they couldn't see how to attack the children of Israel. Exodus 14, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. As we may remember, God brought locusts in by an east wind. God might use the wind, the rain, the hail, For his own purpose. Verse 22. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. And the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left hand. As the children of Israel entered into the dry land between the two banks of water in the Red Sea. The wall of water was on their right and their left hand with Pharaoh and his chariots coming toward them from behind. There was no way for them to go but forward through the Red Sea. And this is really like being baptized. They were baptized unto Moses in the Red Sea. Verse 23, And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them, to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. Exodus 14, start at verse 26. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled against the sea and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after the children of Israel. There remained not so much as one of them left alive. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Exodus 14 verse 30 Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 explains so much of this to us. Paul says, moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant, how that all our fathers were under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And they did eat the same spiritual meat, and they did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our example, to the intent we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now you may think you're not an idolater, and I hope you're not. But to trust in anything we can see with our natural eyes is a form of idolatry. Some people trust in wooden crosses that they erect in. Places where they're going. Some people cross themselves like the Catholics. I see football players doing that all the time. They never really evaluate it because I see them cross themselves before they are going to kick a field goal, but if they miss the field goal, they keep crossing themselves the next time. It's like a superstition that no one says, Hey, this doesn't work. Don't be like that. Other forms of idolatry would be. Trusting in medallions that you might be wearing around your neck. I know a Catholic woman who puts a medallion on the passenger seat sun visor. I think it's probably called that St. Christopher, which they think protects them in travel. That's idolatry. Trusting in anything you can see with your natural eye is idolatry. We are to go a completely different way in the New Testament church. Jesus says in John chapter 4 The hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. If you do anything other than this, you deceive yourself. You think you're religious, but you're deceiving yourself. I'll give you this example. A man in our little church group several years ago went to some type of meeting at another church group, and he came back talking about how wonderful the meeting was. He said that two or three times, and I finally woke up and said, well, ask him the question, what was so wonderful about that meeting? And he said, oh, they had three big crosses at the front of the room, and they were totally covered in flowers. That is totally fleshly and without any power of God whatsoever. He was trusting in something that was powerless. Sometimes I'll see a World War II movie and men will be on their knees and have some kind of a priest with a garment, a long garment will be standing in front of them and they will be crossing themselves and they will have medallions that they're putting around their necks. And I thought, how horrible to go into a battle where you might be killed trusting in something of this world that you can see with your natural eye. Because God is a spirit and we trust in that spirit of God which is always in us and never leaves us. So this is idolatry. Back to 1 Corinthians 10, verse 7. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Verse 8, Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day, three and twenty thousand. God struck twenty-three thousand of them dead in one day. And all of this is an example for us today, that we not sin as they did. Verse 9, Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. That complaining, instead of going forward in God, just sitting and complaining, that's a very evil thing to do. We we remember Lot's wife who looked back and therefore she was turned into a pillar of salt and she didn't get to go forward. Verse 11, now all of these things, says Paul, happened unto them for examples and they are written for our admonition of whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth Take heed, lest ye fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to men, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted. Above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry, I have a very sad story here to give you an example of. This was a man who taught our Bible class at Word of Faith when I attended that church. He was going to the bars at night and drinking, and unknown to me, he was trying to pick up women to have sex. But God gave me a plan for this man, which would be a way of escape from these, his habit of going to bars. I told him, before you get ready to go to the bar tonight and in the future, sit down and write a teaching to me and just put it in the U.S. mail. He did that for two or three days and then he stopped doing it. And what he told me was this. When I did that, I found... I was losing my desire to go to the bar. That was a way of escape for this man. He ended up committing fornication. He ended up marrying a divorced woman. They divorced within a matter of months. His life just went downhill. I don't know the end results. But I do know that God made a way of escape through me for him. But he wanted to go to the bars so much, he didn't want to lose his interest in going to the bars. But the way of escape was there in front of him. Again, 1 Corinthians ten thirteen, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Take the way of escape. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.